Thanks for joining us again on Australian Survivor Talking Tribal, where we dissect and pick apart everything that's been going on on Australian Survivor. On this edition, we're talking about episode 15 and 16 of Australian Survivor Blood versus Water. So if you haven't seen those eps yet, then you might want to stop right now and check them out on 10 Play. So there's a lot to get into. And of course, joining me, our incredible panel of Survivor Savants. We've got King George. We've got the reigning soul survivor, Haley, and of course, our resident survivor expert, Shannon Gus. Guys, welcome back to the show. Some big twists, some big turns, some uh, a massive blindside this week as well. A lot to talk about. Why don't we start with you, Haley? We'll get into it and talk about allegiances. There were some divides that emerged and some decisions that serve some people but not others what did you make of what happened on this week's edition yeah it was interesting to see that large alliance of the three couples crumble you can kind of see it as it would have been in their favor to stick together a bit longer because as soon as one of those couples is gone then the other two are just a four really even if they have um chrissy and david with them I was surprised to see them crumble so early and it's going to be yeah, very interesting to see how they go forward now that their singles are going to start outnumbering them. I guess I wasn't so surprised just seeing how inevitable it felt to the point where sides turned on each other seemingly like at the same time. It wasn't even really like triggered by one pair coming for the other. Uh, Jesse and Jordy were coming for Josh. They have also made moves Jordy has against Mark and spilling his secrets and Josh was also coming against the brothers and bringing in like a new six. So I think when we've seen so much, not animosity because it's not personal, but so much of those fractures really just like coming to the fore in previous episodes just did feel like it really was about time just for the uh, big groups to finally come against each other. From my perspective, I think what we saw happen in this week's episodes was the fact that Geordie and Jesse thought they were in control and then they had a very blunt realization that they didn't have the capacity to maintain control. What you saw was Sam and Mark make a really smart decision in terms of aligning with Jordan and Josh, keeping Chrissy and Juicy Dave on their side. And they're in the numbers right now. Everybody else is in a minority and the game is really starting to heat up. Yeah, what did you think about that move, Shannon, with uh, Jess and Geordie? Were they smart to make that move against Josh? I mean, and now it's all about timing, isn't it? Very much so. Well, at the end of the day, uh, Josh was also talking about taking them out and had been suspicious of them. So, you know, that was coming for them. But I think what the problem was, was this kind of crucial mystery that Geordie had on Josh. He told Josh about Mark's idol. He thought that that would really make Josh come against Mark. And he misread that. That made Josh much more suspicious of him and that kind of triggered him turning against him. So I think it's about that misread. I think it's about the fact that Jesse and Geordie in the past, especially Geordie, have looked more at the Mark side of things, have made moves in that direction, such as telling people about Mark's idol and have this week seemed to pivot to Josh and Jordan. So they've come kind of at this point for everyone in the alliance. So I understand the timing of it. I think, again, that fracture was a bit inevitable, but I think it's about the misread of Josh and just kind of that change strategy. Haley, when you look at those alliances switch and move so quickly, I mean, we were only a week ago talking about, ah, oh, this six looks like they're very stable. They're going to pick off the outsiders one by one by one. But it just shows you in this game from hour to hour, you really have to be 
weighing up your options at every different stage. And, and that's what happened this week. Yeah, you, you really need to make sure that everybody can see you as a potential number at some point. You don't want to burn any bridges ever uh, because it can swap so quickly. And sometimes you need to make choices that get you only one more day because so much can change. You don't need to be at the top of an alliance. It's okay if you're at the bottom of a majority alliance. So yeah, I think that it gives a lot of people hope. It makes it really interesting for us as viewers when big alliances crumble. So that was really fun to watch. Shannon just talked about the misread of someone there to try and get an idea of how, when you share information with someone, how they're going to perceive that. How difficult is it when you're actually in the game yourself? I think from my perspective, you've got to question why Geordie was sharing the information and how mm. it'll get interpreted. So when I started sharing information at the merge part of the game, I gave everybody an incentive to band together and to work around me so I can take out threats in the game. I don't know what Geordie was doing in terms of just running his mouth and telling everybody about Mark's idol. Was it meant to put a target on Mark's back? Mark's the one that's in control of the alliance. You don't need to take out Mark. It's not the time to take out Mark when there's fruit there for the picking and other players that it seem to be avoiding the radar. People like KJ, Shay, who seems to be doing quite well and now has uh, gone off to purgatory. So it's, it's definitely a misread from Geordie. It looks like he was acting without thought and he's going to face the repercussions. Obviously, one of the big moments and one that will be pretty historic, I reckon, was Sam managing to convince Jesse to give her his idol under the pretense, oh, someone's going to spot that you've got it. Shannon, obviously, this was a huge moment. How did you feel about it? And what do you think was going on in Jesse's brain at that moment of the game? Yeah, I mean, in some small defense of Jesse, I think what makes it so interesting is the blood versus water component because in a regular season, Sam is not turning on Jesse here. He has done nothing to set her offside. He is absolutely her closest ally other than her husband. That is the closest unrelated pair that we've seen all season. But I guess it's a bit hard for Jesse to read that it's not anything he's done. It's what his brother has done. It's what his brother has put out there and not even against Sam, against her husband. And that kind of externality of that fracture, I think would be really, really difficult to read. Uh, but for Sam, I mean, obviously she's aware of the fact that this is an epic move, so well executed, so kind of casual in her approach, so so wholesome, so welcoming to him. And then, the, the, you know, the stab in the back. Um, and I think that it's an amazing move, amazingly executed. And in terms of should she do it? Like sometimes you can, but should you? She does put a target on her back, but she speaks so well about what she sacrificed to be there and the big move she wants to make to make it worth it. And she does have such good positioning such good relationships to kind of consolidate herself, even in just taking these big swings. So I really back that. And I'm really glad for her that she got to take back some of her agency after having to kind of cater to what Mark wanted for a few episodes. She came back and showed why she's been absolutely one of the best, if not the best player of the season. Haley, she's got a choice when she sort of tails Jesse, I guess, and sees that he finds an idol. She can clock it have that information, keep it to herself and then share it with Mark. But at that point, she decides, no, I'm going to let him know that I have seen him discover the idol and it'll be a, a shared moment together. What did you make of her decision-making around that? I thought it was really clever. She can, there is a plan in place to take him out and that is set and a lot of people know it. So if she sees him find an idol and she just lets him take its tribal and he plays it and stays and both of those brothers are still there, she could be in a lot of trouble because the plan that she was a part of can come out. 
So I think that she's kind of in a place where not only does she want to take the idol and it is a massive move and she absolutely executes it seamlessly, but it is really important for her that the plan that has been decided that she is a big part of goes ahead tonight. So I think she absolutely did the right thing in taking it. And, you know, we heard, well, Jessie may probably not have played that and would have gone home with it. So this way, at least she gets to keep the idol. I think the whole sequence of events showcases that Sam really means business in this game. She knows she didn't have the best time out there in Samoa. She got complacent and then she got voted out. She's assessed everything and she is playing a game of no regrets and it's so damn good and pleasing to watch as a past player and as a person commentating from the sidelines. She saw Jesse, who was the target of the secret plan, go out and hunt for an idol. She was laying in the grass, monitoring him. And in real time, it's tough to make these decisions, these critical game-related decisions. She went out there, she pulled the wool over him, she stole his idol, and now it's hers. Beyond doubt, from my perspective, one of the greatest ever moves in Australian survival history. And it's mm. definitely so instinctive as well. Like she's just following him and, and yes. she does have to make those moves on the spot. And I think for her, it really sweetened the deal in making her more comfortable with the move. Like for her to say she's been backed into a corner by taking out her closest ally in Jesse. I feel like I've heard that before for her in the last few days. I feel like after such a strong pre-merge where she's really leading things, like it hasn't been on her terms. There's still a lot of merit, obviously, in taking out Jesse. Jordy's you know, not available. He has been coming out against Mark. He's lying to them about the idol when he knows about Mark's idol. Like they can tell that there's, there's merit there, but that doesn't mean it's not hard, and that doesn't mean that it's what she would necessarily want to do. It's not on her plan. It's on Mark. And for her to come out now and to make the best move of that move, like the blind side of the blind side, as I would say, like you think that this move is happening, but really this other cool move is happening on top of it. And I'm the one doing it. I think it just kind of gave her back um, that agency. And I just think that that was really great, even mentally for her game and where she was at. And she just needed to do it and make that big play. And she has a spring in her step now, I think, but just how callously she cut Jesse off with the knees. I love when she talks to camera and says, that's the most savage thing <laughs> I've ever done in my life. Haley, were there moments like that for you in the game? And can you relate to that? <laughs> yeah, look, it is. It is. Yeah, there's lots of times like that where you are having a conversation with someone, you're totally with them and you're not going to blindside them. And then like two minutes later, you think, no, actually, that would be the best thing for my game. And I'm absolutely going to do it. And I don't feel bad about it at all because the ultimate aim of this game is that one person wins it. So even if you vote someone out now or later down the road, like at some point you're going to be voting them out. So the order at which you do it, whatever suits you best is how you should do it. I think from Sam's perspective, she's already gotten to the stage where she's left a legacy behind in the game of Australian Survivor. She has done something so fantastic, so memorable, so exciting, something that's literally never been done before. And we are all the better for it. So yes, she's ruthless. Yes, it's exciting. Do you know what? She has an idol. Her husband has an idol. Every decision that's been made has led to this point. And she's playing a really, really damn good game. I think as well, something we see in US Survivor, especially when the loved ones visits are usually around early emerge, is that it makes people want to play harder because they remember that like, this is just a game. These are just people you've known for a few weeks, like your life on the outside and the people in your life, those are your real allies. And I think having a blood versus water theme, like she always has that one foot in reality because of Mark. She's able to remember why she's there, that it's for her son. 
And yes, Jessie's her best friend in the game, but she also knows that like her number one ally in the game is literally there and it's her husband. So I think you can encourage her to, to you know, make moves that, that that seem to even shock her because they're so massive and in ways they are so lethal. Um, but she sees Mark there and she knows what's really important. So I think that that can be a symptom of, of the theme as well. Obviously, Jesse's got no idea that the hit is coming his way. What do you attribute that to? Do you think he just got too comfortable? Jesse got distracted the moment he merged and started playing with his brother. Jesse was playing a phenomenal game, but mm. that's the inexperience that came out there. Big brother came around. He stopped prioritizing his own game, started prioritizing the needs of his brother. And guess what? Sam got the ax, swung it, chopped his head off, stole his idol. Jesse's out on the jury and he's not going to win the title of Soul Survivor. I put this down to Sam's amazing gameplay. Like she has developed this amazing relationship with Jesse. He really trusts her. There's almost like maternal kid relationship where he thinks he can base his assumptions on either their relationship or her being maternal and helping him dress himself so that they won't see the idol. So I think that him not knowing it's coming had a lot to do with Sam reassuring him. And then I would also echo what George is saying in that it's almost easier once you're a single, you don't have to not only rely on your partner, but suffer from their consequences. Jesse went home because of Geordie's behavior. So it is tough in a blood versus water season to navigate your game and someone else's at the same time. So being a single can really help. And that's what I find so interesting about this move. Later, we'll talk about, you know, similar moves and world of survival with Shannon, little tease there about, you know, some other big moves as well that involve giving over possession of an, uh, of an idol or a trinket or an advantage. And often that comes down to like, well, prove your trust to me or let's work together on this. Like it's, it's a very much a show of something. It's very important. Uh, what I thought was really interesting about this was like the pure casualness of this, like how Sam kind of tried to fall into that comfort and naturalness of their relationship. Like, I'll just hold it for you. It's for safekeeping. It's not as important as give me the thing, but he did give her the thing. And that was enough to keep it when she voted him out. So just how casual that was, how chill that was. Yeah, last minute, it's in my bag. My bag's your bag, but it's not. And I thought that that was a really interesting way for her to approach it. What do you think that means for Sam and Mark going forward here now that they're obviously a power couple and everyone will soon enough know that they both are packing idols? Do you think they have massive targets on their backs now? Well, of course they do, but let's let's break it down a little bit. They've formalised a new majority alliance of six with the other couple that they're closest with, Jordan and Josh. Josh is the person that gets labelled as the leader of the old alliance from the second blood tribe and then they've got Chrissy who's a rock solid number and Juicy Dave who appears to be going along for the ride they are in the complete control of this game right now they both have an idol they can play it if they get sus either of them and do you know what they're looking really strong yeah, it was smart of them as well to go with that side because everyone's been labeling Josh as the leader. So he has this clear target on his back. And so to go with that side is really smart because, you know, even though they have idols, there is still this guy, Josh, who is the leader. So it's a really nice space for them to be. Yeah, I mean, they're definitely not under the radar. They're playing big. And again, Sam has vocalized that she wants to play big and she's going to back herself to protect against that. And I back a really great player like Sam in that as well. But I think what we saw and what we have seen the entire season is that uh, public idols and idols in general have been a bit of a curse. So much so that Shay literally flushed it, didn't want it, but we could have used it at times after that. Uh, as we've seen from someone like Haley, she made really good use of a public idol, eked it out to implicit immunity through a few rounds. And I do think that 
for Sam and Mark to have these two idols, I back the fact that they can do that. I think that they can really protect with it for a few votes. I think it takes really great players to do that, but I think if anyone can, it is them. So even though yes, it puts a target on their back, I think as well getting close to the pointy end of the game, they can really use those idols to act as a defense mechanism, to act as a threat and to keep them safe for a few rounds and possibly target some, some other people as well with them. But Shannon, only three people have seen this idol. Clearly Sam's got it in her possession. Mark's seen the idol because it's through Sam and Jesse saw the idol and he's now on the jury. Geordie knows of it through Jesse, but it's hearsay unless it's around someone's neck or you do find it in public like Shay did. And Sam's not Shay. Do you know what? You can get nervous if you have an idol, but Sam lost those nerves in Samoa. She's learned the mistakes of the past. She's playing a huge game. She's playing an exciting game. And do you know what? She hasn't made a mistake yet, and I don't think she will with this idol either. You guys mentioned there about Josh being seen as the ringleader. I mean, he's pretty open about telling people who they're voting for. What do you make of that strategy? Do you think he's a little bit too confident and eventually his number will come up or it's working for him so far? I really don't like the strategy of telling people that they I like it. Oh, do you? I really don't like it. I think if you told me I was going to go home and then I ended up on the jury, I don't think I would respect you more for having done that. So if that's the strategy mm. jury management, then I don't know if I, if I like it personally. And then it also can create a position where you were either desperate so you mount a counterattack or you create chaos or you are desperate to stay so you win immunity, which is what we saw Geordie do. I think that it's not a great thing to do and I don't like watching it as a viewer. I think it's an extremely strategic thing to do. I mean, Haley, when you walked up to me and you asked me who's the vote on tonight, I told you it's you and I told you to go find an idol. And what's the point of lying to someone? If, if it's obvious that the vote is coming a person's way, just tell them, be frank with them. I have more respect for someone that doesn't mince their words and just speaks the truth sometimes. And if I was sitting on the jury, I would rather know. Well, like, look at the fact that Geordie knows that he's on the chopping block. Like, he digs deep. He brings something out to win that challenge against Shay. And I think it is because he knows how much he's on the chopping block. So if you tell someone that they're, like, a dead man walking, I do think that they can access something pretty scary, and that's why you'd avoid it. But in terms of Josh, I think he's a very old-school player. He's always going to be the leader type. He kind of reminds me of an Andrew Savage from the U.S. seasons who is just going to be that, like, good old-fashioned leader and really lead a group. And I know that... It's not very subtle from Josh, but I actually was impressed that he was the one who, you know, he didn't go home in the break. I would have thought just being such an out there target that the break would have fallen on him. And I think that relying on Sam and Mark using Geordie's info against Geordie was a good subtle move that really worked. And he's consolidated numbers with Dave, with Chrissy. That's a credit to him. I know that he always like vocalizes the majority and being in those numbers. And it's very clear cut. It's not a super subtle game style, but he has to play to who he is. And I think in that leadership type and in that old school play style, he did pretty well this week. Yeah, yeah. There's a million different ways to play the game. And Josh is certainly sticking to his strengths in this one. As we know, Australian Survivor is probably the most physical of the franchises around the world. And this one has proved no different. We've seen... Sam faint. This week we saw Shay faint. What are you guys making of how physical it is this time around and just how much of a toll it takes on people? 
it's really scary to see that these girls are fainting after these challenges. We had really tough challenges in our season that was less than a year ago and no one fainted. So it makes me think that they're doing it tougher out there, that maybe the conditions are harder, it's hotter, maybe they've got less food because that's really full on to be having that kind of response after one of these challenges. Yeah, this doctor, he's getting a real... uh... He's getting a real workout out there, but I agree with Haley. It is much hotter than it was out there in Cloncurry, much closer to the coast, but still in that outback setting. And it's tough out there and players are pushing themselves to the brink and it really kind of impacts on your decision-making. But with Sam, I don't think it impacted her decision-making. With Shay, well, maybe she didn't see her vote off coming. Yeah, I'm not sure about that. I sort of feel like Shay, every time she heads to an immunity, thinks it's probably her turn to go. Shannon, obviously people talk about that. You've watched every season of Survivor, both here and around the world. Where do you think this season and also the Australian franchise stacks up internationally in terms of toughness? Yeah, I think physically, hard for me to know, uh, sitting in front of my computer talking about the shows, but I think that what we've heard about the outback, the heat, just how difficult those conditions are. And then the challenges, I mean, look, there are hard challenges that goes for hours and hours and hours in every franchise. But I think when we talk about like the length of Australian Survivor as well, and just those conditions, I do think, you know, it probably is. I mean, like, I don't know, some international players might take umbrage, but it probably is like the most difficult of the franchises. Well, you, we talked about Shay and Sam there, but also a few weeks ago, we saw Croc, a former professional athlete, a man who's competed at the highest level, really struggle on one of the challenges. So it must be taking it out of them, which is a, another element of the gameplay, which I think sometimes is, uh, is forgotten about. Yeah, and when, when you go to that point where you pass out or something happens because you're so desperate to win, then you still have to go back to camp afterwards and manage really complex relationships and have the energy for that. I know in our season, sometimes people who were too wiped out and they would just rest in the um, camp, in the shelter. And that can be your demise. If you miss one conversation that's important, you could become the number for going home. So you don't have a chance. There is no time to stop and rest and recover in this game. Yeah, talk a little bit more about that, Haley, because I know just like when I have a long day at work and I'm tired and my wife's tired from her job like we can't make good decisions about our family or even able to communicate to each other at a level that we'd like to so how does that amplified by a thousand when you're in the game affect your ability not just to forge those connections but also in the spur of the moment make the right calls it can mean that you're starting to panic and you're making decisions where you're not thinking clearly about what is in their best interest? So trying to predict everyone else's behavior by thinking about what they might do. If you can't calmly and clearly do that, then you can be in a lot of trouble. So yeah, if you're not going to win the immunity, maybe it's not worth taking yourself to that limit. I couldn't agree more. I mean, you've got to allocate your resources and prioritize them where it counts. And in the game of Survivor, it counts in camp. Yeah, Geordie might have saved himself by pushing himself to the brink in that immunity challenge, but that's a one-trick pony. Finding an idol is a one-trick pony, but managing the relationships and controlling the numbers in camp, that can get you and propel you right to the very end. And if you've got to make a judgment call, like I did on my season, between mediocre challenge performance and pushing yourself to the brink for a tokenistic effort, 
or actually managing the game, you should stick to managing the game. Mm, yeah, it's a great point, George. Now, I want to talk about these top dogs here, Josh, Jordan, Sam and Mark. They seem in a really powerful position. Shannon, can you talk a little bit about how they got there, what it is about their relationships or their alliances that has allowed them to be in such a powerful position? I think it's quite different for either pair. As we've said with Josh, like he's very much the leader. It's all on one side. He will bring you in as a number and make you feel safe. And we'll talk about Chrissy and Dave, but they've got a home there and they're less necessarily active strategic players. So that just feels really, really comfortable. And Josh just like lays out that comfort. For Sam and Mark, I'm so impressed at how central they are. They aren't just leading one side. They're like perennial swing votes through the entire pre-merge as well, even through the episode where the break finally came for the committee, they were not only not being targeted, they were literally the two swing votes in the middle of everything. So that just speaks to how well connected they are socially to everyone and how much they must be thinking just pretty much every second of the game. You mentioned Chrissy and Dave there. Obviously, they had an opportunity to maybe play the game a little bit differently, um, stir things up a bit, and the numbers... We're sort of on their favour in many respects there. Why do you think they didn't flip, Haley? What do you think their thinking was? Yeah, I think that David and Chrissy both feel like they have better relationships with Sam, Mark, um, Jordan and um, Josh, and so that's a fair reason to stay. We also hear David say to Jordy, this is not the time, we don't have to do it now, and he's correct. Like They could make this swing vote, but they could also wait till next time and also make the swing vote because they would have the numbers then as well. I think it is smart for David and Chrissy to sit tight for now. I, I like making that swing vote just when the numbers kind of mean that it can't be collected again. So, yeah, I think that they made a good decision here to, to sit tight. Although if they continue to sit tight and do nothing, they might be in trouble because they're with some really big threats and they might not be able to stack the numbers against them at the very end at Final Tribal. I think Sam actually said it best at that Tribal Council when we saw Shay get voted off. Sometimes the most difficult thing to do is to actually stick together because you have to manage relationships for over a week. You have to just execute and get the job done. Why don't they want to work with Geordie? Why don't Chrissy and Juicy Dave want to work with Geordie? Because Geordie's working for himself and Sam and Mark are cobbling and holding this alliance together for other people. So it was an obvious decision. Yeah, there was good personal relationships, but it's actually better for their games as well. And I think they made that decision. I disagree. I think they should have flipped. I mean, they can flip next time, and that means that they don't go from the bottom of a six to the bottom of another six. They go from a six to a five. But I do think there was some merit if they want to play that individual game of keeping Shay around, who is a physical shield in front of you. I just think, what do Dave and Chrissy at this point have to lose? If they're going to go to the end, and I think they could pretty much get far on either side, but how are they winning against Sam, Mark, Josh, if it's going to be a final three, which has been like briefly alluded to, I don't know how much is known out there or what, what the end game is going to look like. I think they've got a really, really difficult end game stacked up against these pairs. Even if they end up as swings between the pairs, those pairs have been leaders and very, very powerful. I'd want to be working with some more individual players. It takes some skill to do it, to weave through the game in this way, but to work with other people that have been on the bottom, to sit next to each other, maybe a Michelle and a KJ, where you can say that you've had similar games that haven't been in power. I just think take the shot and... and you know, the longer you wait, the more chance that Sam and Mark or Josh win immunity, play their many, many idols. There's so many reasons why it would come back against them. And this was a golden opportunity, not the perfect opportunity, but an opportunity. And some great players have said, you'd rather go early than be too late. And I don't, I don't think they're ever making that flip. And I think if they do, they'll probably be too late. Do you think 
Shannon, sometimes for a player who hasn't played an aggressive game or a very strategic game and they're getting this late on, they're starting to think, well, I can't tell a compelling story anymore, but at least I can maybe get to the end. You know, do you think their motivation becomes a little bit different when they realise that their ability to convince a jury is going to be very, very difficult? So it's more about just the experience in a cynical sense? No one who's ever played Survivor has ever realized that pretty much. Like every single person is the hero of their own story. Everyone Mm. thinks that they have a chance. They probably think too much of their chances if you're just generally a Survivor player compared to really thinking, okay, well, I don't have as much of a shot. Let me just like enjoy my days while I have them. So for them, I think it's more just about not thinking that many moves ahead. They're comfortable now. They're probably thinking towards the end. They'll start kind of making those moves, start shoring up their end game. But I just think for them now... It's been a bit of a more quiet game, especially for someone like Dave since that first week. I just think take the shot. You know, like look at the way that Sam and Mark are playing big, backing themselves. I know that they're very different players, but I think there was an opportunity to flip here. I think that there's an opportunity next time too. And I don't think that this pair are going to take that opportunity. I think it says more about them as players than necessarily the timing. Circling back to Sam and Mark again, they went to trial both with idols and they were Pretty happy to sit on their hands. George, why do you think they're so confident that they don't need to play their idols? What is it about their alliances? And when do you think is a good time when you're getting down to this pointy end to use your idol? I think they're confident because sometimes you just know that the legwork that you've done is enough. And it was enough. They have Juicy Dave and Chrissy on their side. There's absolutely no legitimate reason for Jordan and Josh to turn on them. And there are six majority and they just need to write it out and hold it together. Why would you play your idol if your name hasn't come up? And sometimes you can also sense it at tribal council. And at that tribal council, it was very clear who was going to go home. It was going to be Shay or, do you know what? No one else. Well, their name had come up. I mean, Geordie is saying it at the voting booth, obviously trying to spook them into playing the idol. And I think they're aware of the fact that they did become targets, but they have enough safety in those numbers and they did read it really, really well because they've seen enough people go home at this point with idols in their pockets or in other people's pockets that that would be, I think, very, very scary. So holding on to it, I'm impressed by it and I hope I don't have to come back like I did with Khan and say I was impressed and then you took it too far and now you've gone home. Yeah, but I think of Geordie's performance at that tribal council and I really don't think he's thinking a few steps ahead. He's just digging himself a bigger a bigger and bigger hole and you've got to tell yourself, yeah, you're going back to camp tomorrow, but who's going to want to work with you when you just throw people under the bus like that? I sure as hell wouldn't. And speaking of Sam, her plan was foiled yet again because of a twist. Now, Hayley, you're one of the few people who can sort of relate to what Shay's going through and you ended up going on to win. What does that moment feel like? I mean, it was very different for you. Yeah, I definitely feel for Shay to be voted out and go to purgatory. It's a complicated feeling because you kind of think, how could I possibly get back in this game and get back in the good graces enough to win? You really have to sort through that in your mind. It's tough because the reason Shay is being targeted is because she is a physical threat. And I assume to get back in, she might have to win a physical challenge. I don't know. So it's not really going to reduce her threat in doing that. And it's hard to then be like, oh, self-correct, because she's still going to be that threat when she gets back. So it's a bit different in that way. Although what she can use this for is some time away from the game to really think about what will my arguments be when I get back in to convince everybody else that they should work with me. How can she use that time away 
Maybe other people will come to purgatory. Maybe she'll get to know them and talk to them because if they don't go back in the game, they're going to be on the jury. And that's this really special moment to get to get some truth, <laughs> some really like honest insights from people about how to play. She can also see what the makeup of the jury is starting to look like now. So she can think about how can I convince people to work with me because they don't want to sit next to someone else because their friends are on the jury. So there's, there's a lot of time there that you can use to think clearly about strategy and about the ways to convince other people to keep you in once you get back. And you sort of came back in with almost a new approach or a bit of a reset? Yeah, mine was a bit different because the reason I think I was voted out had to do with playing a big, strong strategic game. And so I needed to come back and just appear not to be strategic. So just get back in everyone's good graces, apologize to everyone and just lay low and don't look like you're playing hard anymore. So I had the opportunity to do that and the, mood, the game shifted while I was away. Yeah, let's see if that will work for Shay because it wasn't really the strategy that got her in, in trouble in the first place. When you say the game shifted, is that one of the challenges for Shay? If the game sort of has shifted while she's away to sort of be able to reassess very quickly where all the positions lie? It's going to depend how long Shay is out of the game for. I wasn't out of the game for even 24 hours. So um, while the game shifted, I was still very aware of how everyone felt about each other and where those relationships were lying. So it depends how long Shay is gone for, what she misses out on, if she can get back in, that is, to, yeah, to see what happens. But, you know, threats move really quickly. It's not necessarily if she comes back in the game tomorrow, she will be the biggest threat. Suddenly people have already started to think about who to go for next. George, of all the people remaining, you know, Geordie the Joker, Mark sort of the war hero, Sam the social butterfly and Josh the airline pilot slash godfather figure, who do you think you would choose to play with? Who do you think you would partner up with? Oh, I'd have to go with the fellow person that sneaks around in the grass like a snake. Good old Sammy. That was just such an exciting moment for me. It was the flashback to when I was hiding in the grass and listening to Haley and Way agree to vote me off. They're the kind of opportunities that are self-generated and you go above and beyond to perform and excel in the game. And um, what a delight it was to watch. Haley, what about you? Is there someone who you would think uh, would be a perfect partner if you were still in the game? You know, my instinct is also to say Sam. Like She just <laughs> seems like someone I would like to work with. I like that she plays big. Although like it's a weird thing to say because we just saw her blindside her ally with an idol yet we're still like I'd love to play with Sam so she must be doing something right to make us feel that way yeah you just came off an episode on a week where Sam took her closest ally which you're asking to be and knifed him so hard in the back that it's one of the most epic moves we've ever seen in global survivor and yeah, I, I wouldn't go with Sam. Um, I don't want to be brutally backstabbed by my closest ally like that. I would probably choose someone like Chrissy, who seems very loyal and also really, really fun. But you guys, you do what you want. I mean, I'm sure that you guys going toe-to-toe -to -toe with Sam would be great TV, and that's where it would end up. Yeah, that's a great point. Uh, careful what you wish for there, Haley. Time now to get into World of Survivor with Shannon. This is where we nerd out on Survivor, not just on Australian Survivor, but basically Survivor, the game around the world. Shannon, can we talk this week about big moves? Thinking about what happened this week with Sam, convincing Jesse to give her his idol and then stabbing him in the back. It's got to be close to the biggest move we've ever seen on the show here. 
Yeah, Sam's move has a lot in common with some of the other biggest moves we've ever seen in Global Survivor and it's becoming part of a really fun, I guess not fun for everyone, but fun for us emerging category of moves that are handing over the possession of something to someone and then being voted out with it or because of it. So some other moves that people might think of is Eric giving up individual immunity, he'd won the challenge, he was completely safe, and the Black Widow Brigade manipulated him into thinking that he couldn't win the game that way and he had to kind of redeem himself for things he hadn't even really done. Then he gets voted out. Another really big move is JT giving over his idol to Russell, cross tribes as well in the pre-merge and thinking that Russell would use it uh, against an all-girls alliance, against Parvati, an all-girls alliance that didn't even exist, then Parvati uses that idol to vote out JT. So we've seen some of these examples about getting things from people and voting them out with it. Sam's now part of it. The last season of US Survivor, Shan took an extra vote from JD, voted him out because of it, kept it in her pocket. Uh, Sarah Lucina, who won Game Changes, she got the legacy advantage from Sierra by pioneering her blindside and then acting a little bit shocked when she went home and then the legacy advantage was willed to her. So some of these examples, they're all massive, massive moves. And I think it's a really fun genre of moves now that we're seeing come up here in, in Global Survivor. I actually agree with you, James. This is the biggest one action move in Australian Survivor history. I do have a few favorites. I mean, when Shan was convinced at Tribal Council not to play the Hidden Immunity Idol, that was exciting for me. But this is, this is just epic. It's extraordinary. It's a self-generated move that involved Sam sneaking up on her ally, Jesse, and then convincing him to just hide it under her sarong and then voting him out. It was just absolutely fantastic. And it was a pleasure to see. A lot of the biggest moves in Australian Survivor have been enacted by the two people on this panel. I mean, Haley taking out uh, Simon, the blind side of the blind side, for example, the scissors, paper, rock move against Shannon, George's move against Gerald, the 2-1-1 one, one at the final four, George's move at the final five. These two have a lot. So Sam has a lot to compete with. Also, obviously, Dave Jennett, the Golden God, has had some massive moves. Taking out Daisy in that first week by working cross alliances with Matt Rogers are some of the big moves that come to mind. But yeah, this is definitely up there as one of the biggest, if not the biggest, one-act moves I've ever seen. One of the great parts of that whole deception has got to be the fact that when Jesse tucked the idol into his pants and then pulled his T-shirt down, no one could see anything. <laughs> <laughs> but Sam was adamant that, no, no, it's very, very conspicuous, very sweet, very innocent, very vulnerable in many ways he was in that moment. But, um, yeah, Sam took full advantage of that. Shannon, talking about these big moves and people taking an advantage or taking an idol from someone else before, have you ever seen it done in this sort of way? Yeah, that's what I really loved about that. And that, that's what I think was rare about this move was the casualness, was the safekeeping of it all. Um, because I think in the other examples that we see now of this fun subgenre that I'll continue to push as a thing, when people hand over possession of something, it's pretty much always like, well, I want to work with you on this thing. It's very, very often I want to gain your trust. I want to prove something about myself. Like it's seeped in meaning about just how that person is perceived. We saw that with JD, like, let me earn your trust back. Let me give you this thing gets voted out. We see with Eric, let me show that I'm a loyal player, someone you would want to work with, someone you would want to vote for at the end, gets voted out. So this wasn't about that. This wasn't about the perception and the jury or anything like that. That was This was literally logistics. Like logistics is what took Jesse out um, in that really, really brutal move for him. Uh, so that somehow like that might cut a little worse because it's like it's, it's more meaningless, but it was like the end of his game and in such a hard way. 
Hayley, for you, obviously, probably the biggest movement in Australian Survivor in terms of taking a chance like that. Yeah, I think it's just so good. Like, I love that move by Sam. It speaks to the volume of like banking up your trust and then using it when you want to use it. Because Jesse knew that Sam was capable of blindsides because they've been working together and doing them together for so long. But he never thought she was capable of doing it against him at this stage. So that's why you've got to build this trust and bank it up and fight someone before they get you because everyone will try at one point. There you go. A bit of a life lesson there. But Jesse, one he won't forget, <laughs> I'm sure, in a hurry. Shannon, obviously the way that Sam got the idol off Jesse was clever in its own unique way. What do we know about that in other editions of Survivor, the idea of stealing an idol from one of your other contestants? Well, I think what's so fascinating about it is it's not stealing at all. Like actually taking an idol of someone, unless you're in like season five of Survivor South Africa, which was pirate themed, where you were allowed to literally steal and take it in that way. No one's taking these idols off the players in the subgenre. No one's like, you know, give it to me, wrestling it away. It is being willingly given to them. Possession is being handed over and they make use of that. So I think whatever way you can manipulate it, that, whether it is just kind of confusing Jesse in that way and, and just making it act like it's not a big deal, whether it is trying to make people prove something to you, really just working on the way they perceive themselves or they think that they perceive you. The, the fun thing for me is that it's not stolen, it's handed. And there's a lot of, of meaning in that because you literally like hand someone your heart, your trinket, your idol, and then, you know, you go home for that reason. So I just think that this is a really, really fun category of moves. And it's always going to be one of the biggest moves of the season, if not in the whole franchise. And the interesting thing with Jesse is that he didn't do an Andy at the tribal council. He didn't scream out, Sam stole my idol and then walked off on his way to the jury villa. And he's told his brother... He's tried to cut a deal after death with Sam and Mark to look after Geordie, but nobody else really knows about that idol. And that's what makes it so good. Amazing gameplay, no harm done, apart from the fact that Jesse now has commitment and trust issues for the rest of his life. But apart from that, it's all good fun. Right now, it's the moment you've been waiting for because it was the biggest moment of the week and probably the biggest moment of this season so far. Jesse getting blindsided in that monumental moment and Haley is catching up with him now. I am so excited today to talk to someone who has been blindsided in a very historic fashion and I've got some questions that I want to know. Jesse, thanks for being here. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. <laughs> At what point did you know that Sam had blindsided you and taken your idol when you got voted out? Yeah, it was a, it was a bit of a tricky one. As I was seeing, I guess my, my fifth name come out I, in my head. I'm trying to calculate what really happened and what went down. Who's flipped? What 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 did we do wrong? What what mistakes did we make in pulling this move together? And so trying to process it but I knew pretty quickly that Sammy and Mark had flipped and I guess I, I was a bit I was questioning if it was Sammy and I knew it would have been Mark but that's why you saw that interaction at the end that I had with Sammy I guess you got to see a bit of mutual respect that we had for each other as well and and so I did I wanted to check whether it really was her and yep it was her it hurt <laughs> Was there any part of you that felt like calling it out in the moment or having watched it back now, do you kind of wish that you called it out in the moment? Yeah, definitely. As soon as, yeah, I saw that fifth name come out, I'm trying to figure out what is the best thing I can do to put my brother in the best possible situation moving forward. And so 
for me, that was to, I guess, almost threaten Sammy, as we saw, and tell her and let her know that I could blow your game up. I could really affect your game right now. But I wanted to show her some respect for the move and trust her that she would, now that she'd removed me as a threat, potentially be able to use my brother as a number and and just string him along for a little bit at least. And uh, I guess I trusted in Sammy's understanding of, I guess, the unwritten rules and, and the fact that, you know, she would appreciate how she came across that idol and, and she'd potentially use that for the benefit of, of my brother and, and she would respect the game I played and, and she would bring my brother along for the ride. And yeah, so I had no real hard feelings for her in that moment. I knew that she would have made the best decision for her personally. And, and I guess I was just unaware uh, of the relationship my brother and Mark had and, and, and the fact that that had severed. So I didn't really understand what the reasoning was and only really until after the game did I understand why that took place. But now looking back, I, I have full respect for, for their move and I totally believe it was the right move on their behalf. So did you have any idea that Geordie had already revealed Mark's idol to some of the tribe mates? I had no idea of my brother's loose lips. I had absolutely no idea. And so it's really funny. Like, and then once we've come out of the game, you know, hearing some of the stories and then getting to watch it back and we came in wanting to play together and, and we were going to choose blood right to the end. And, you know, um, obviously there's moments where you go, potentially, should I, should I have cut that tie of that blood? But, um, I'm so grateful I didn't. And, um, you know, we stuck together. We, we wanted to take the risk of, of sitting at the end together because getting on Survivor is such a privilege and, and he's, so many people don't get that opportunity. So let alone playing it with your brother. So if you're going to get on the show, why not have a crack at winning? Let's not just sit there and do nothing and just get taken along for the ride. Let's try get to the end together. Let's try do something epic. And, and um, we did our absolute best. And, you know, he lives to fight another day. I love that mentality and I totally know that feeling. So privileged to be on, so you just want to play. You don't know how long your days are out there. You don't. As a fan of the show, where was your mindset when you were giving Sam the idol to hold? Like what was running through your head at that moment? Yeah, it, it was a really tricky situation. Obviously, every decision I had to make was very split second and it was based on a 30-day relationship. Obviously, my priority was getting that idol back into camp. And so if giving that to Sammy was going to help get it back into camp, then great. But also going through my mind was the fact that I knew our relationship was starting to be strained because I was choosing my brother, she was choosing Mark. And so I saw this as an opportunity to, to potentially show her that I really do trust you still and I do want to go to the end with you. And hopefully that was going to be a really contributing factor to, to her making sure she voted with me and my brother tonight to send Josh home because, you know, who, who shows someone that much trust if they're not willing to work with them? So, um, you know, all this is going through my mind and trying to understand what she'd be thinking as she's receiving that idol. And I, I hoped that that was going to be a move that would get us to vote Josh out. But um, unfortunately, it didn't go down that way. And yeah, we, we never really had an opportunity for that idol to end up back in my pocket. And, and we had to go to tribal council and um, it didn't go, didn't go our way. But yeah, I, I, I honestly wouldn't change a thing. I wouldn't change a thing with the decisions and, and the information I had in the moment. I, I felt it was the right decision and um, I still do. So it was a risk, but 
coming on Survivor's a risk. So why not take another one? So true. They must have played it very cool at Tribal Council because you didn't get a feeling that you were going to need to. Like if you had the idol in your bag, did you have any inclination that you might have needed to play it that night? I knew I was going to be getting votes. Uh, I knew that there was a solid chance I'd be getting four votes. But uh, again, and, you know, some people will question that. And uh, so far in this game, like I'd come through from blindsiding Benny to then the day after him wanting to work with me and Croc coming after me to blindsiding him to then blindsiding Benny again to, to having Chrissy choose her relationship with me over her loved one. And so... I'd come through all these, um, I guess, crazy scenarios. Once again, I felt I just had to trust in the relationships I'd built. And if there was one relationship I could trust, that was Sammy's. It's just I didn't realise the situation of Mark and my brother's relationship. And, and unfortunately, yeah, that didn't go our way. I could have asked for the idol back from Sammy at Tribal Council if I wanted to. I didn't because... I wanted to use that idol for my brother and I later down the track to get us the win. I would have rather risked winning than just getting another day in the game and losing that idol. And, and, and by playing that idol, I would have been breaking a lot of people's trust in the game because all of a sudden I found this idol and I've told none of my, none of my alliances about it. And so, you know, either way it was a risk and I was willing to take the risk to win rather than survive another day. And that didn't work. <laughs> no, I get it. It's the relationships are complicated. And you never know. Like if you break one, can you go back to that ever? It's really hard to predict that. Um, some people are forgiving and some are not. It was a pretty historic move. How do you feel to be attached to it? Even if you got the bad end of the deal? Um, yeah, I think like, if you're going to go out, go out in a blaze of glory. So, um, you know, as a fan of the show, even just watching last night, you know, it was a good episode, I thought. And so, I think that I love Survivor and I, and I love the show and I'll probably appreciate it more in a little bit more time and, and, you know, maybe watching it back in a bit more time and there's a few less emotions kind of connected there. But, uh, yeah, it, it was epic and, and I respected their move and, and it was an epic blindside. And so um, as a fan of the show, it was, I guess, awesome to be a part of. <laughs> yeah, as a, as a viewer, it's so fun to watch when there's two epic plans going to play and if either of them work out it's going to be an excellently interesting outcome maybe not excellent for you guys though. yeah definitely it was um I, I guess I loved it because people were playing people people were playing last night and and I love that so at the end of the day there's 23 unlucky players in Survivor and, and they're the ones that go home and then there can only be one winner so if you're gonna go go hard and and um and we did <laughs> Yeah, I back that um, as, a, as a way to enter the game. I think it's an excellent way to do it. So what was it about Sam that you and her created such a strong alliance from the start? Yeah, so, so day one, uh, we're standing on the mat. Sammy puts her arm around me and gives me a hug. And I know that it sounds small, but in Survivor, you just, uh, you, you learn to go off your gut. And really quickly, we had this bond and both of us felt it and you know, I guess we both come from endurance sport backgrounds. We, we both had a quite a strategic mind for the game. And I think we really realized we, we had similar ideas of how to play this game to, to build really good social bonds early on and then be in a place where, where you can kind of pull the strings from behind the scenes and, and start sending people home without them realizing. So we had a similar way we wanted to play the game and 
also kind of our age difference, our, our gender difference. We knew that people weren't really going to suspect how close we were. And I guess we got to see that. We, we went a long way in the game without people really seeing how close we were and all the things we were doing behind the scenes. So it was a gamble kind of taking that leap of faith to build such a strong relationship and, and to play that card so early because she could have flipped on me. I could have flipped on her and, and quite early on and used the information we gave each other to turn on each other. But I think what you got to see is the benefit of having a tight two like that allows you to pull off massive moves, which I guess you got to see in tribe. So it was us to, um, I guess, playing and going to town on, on some people. And, and um, that was because of the relationship we'd built and, and neither one of us could have done that by ourselves. And how is your relationship now with Sammy, but also with Jordan? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I think um, Sammy and I are super tight, super tight still. I think really, you know, once we had a chance to, to have a chat uh, in real life about kind of what went down, you know, there was maybe that, that, that 10 minutes of like, of a bit of bad blood and a, a bit of um, a bit of emotion towards each other. But once you got to understand, um, you know, why she made the decision she did, and I have full respect for that. And um, we're really good friends. And even to the point that, you know, last night she threw a massive get together for me and, and my vote out episode and got a lot of the players together and past players together, which was really amazing. And yeah, we have a really tight bond and we both have a, a very high level of mutual respect for, for our games and, and as people, um, um, you know, I think she's an amazing human and has done a lot of really cool things with their life. And, and I love that. And I respect that. Yeah. Me and my brother, we're, we're tighter than, we're tighter than ever, we're even to the point that, yeah, we moved in together after the show. So, so we now live together, which is really good fun getting to, I guess, enjoy this part of it now, watching it on TV. And, um, you know, we knew coming into, coming into the show that our relationship potentially could be tested, but no matter what, we were going to choose blood. And um, I'm so glad, I'm so glad we did. And it didn't quite go our way, but yeah, he lives to fight another day and, and hopefully he can kind of uh, do it for both of us. Yeah. And we've got you and the jury now. So I'm hoping to see some havoc from the jury. Who do you think is the biggest threat that's left in the game? I think that a lot of people don't understand how truly strategic Sammy is. I got to witness a lot of her moves and her thinking and her relationship building through that tribe swap period while the rest of the majority were over on Red Tribe kind of living a bit of a cushy life. Um, you know, we, we got to merge and there was eight five, eight Red, five Water tribe members. And, um, you know, over on Water, we'd, I guess, been playing hard and, and they'd kind of had a bit of a, a cruisy run. And so they never really got to see Sammy in full flight. And, and Sammy in full flight is dangerous because she is really good at building relationships, but she has a strategic mind to this game and, and an ability to, um, because she's so small as well, you know, people underestimate her as well. I guess people don't expect her to, to do the things she does and she has a lot of fire and, and in challenges can be quite dangerous as well. So I think she, she has the possibility to firstly make this season really interesting because she's going to play. She came to play and um, she has the possibility to go really deep in this game as well. I want to ask as well, the name, the kid, did you like lean into that? Was that part of your strategy at all to try to be in that way underestimated? Yeah, definitely. So in the, um, <laughs> in the days kind of leading up to the beginning of the show, uh, uh, definitely, you know, the idea of people potentially underestimating me because I am young and throughout my entire life, there's a lot of people out there that think that age is 
important and that age does influence someone's, I guess, ability to, to think and act. And, and maybe it is for some people, but I think really it's about life experience and, and the things you've, you've been through in your life. And uh, I'm grateful for, for the way I've grown up and some of the things I've been through has potentially helped me mature and I've had so many diverse experiences, which has meant I've met so many different kinds of people, which I think really set me up well because literally day one, people were calling me the kid and and I guess, yeah, began underestimating me, began thinking I was just some kid out there for a bit of fun or here's some young 21-year-old, you know, like he'll go all right. And I lapped that up as soon as I realized that people genuinely felt that way about me. I was able to really play that up, play the, play the, play the hilarious young joker around camp, uh, the larrikin that just wanted to have a bit of fun. And, and meanwhile, you know, Sammy and I are waking up at midnight for midnight chats and, and how, to, how to get people out. So it really worked well for me. And um, if I ever play again, I promise I am just a kid and I am, uh, please underestimate me again. <laughs> Well, my question for you that I want to finish up with is, would you play the game again? In an absolute heartbeat, I, I, I would love to play again. Yeah, I definitely think that, firstly, I just love the game, but I feel like, yeah, I have a bit of unfinished business and um, I would love to, to get another shot at it. And um, yeah, I'm so grateful for the opportunity and so grateful for everything it's given me. And um, I would love to get that again. Jesse, I know that we would all love to see that again as well. Thank you so much for chatting to me today. Thanks, Hayley. Ah, oh, bless. He's such a good kid, isn't he, Hayley? Yeah, he, um, the poor thing. You really didn't see it coming. But yeah, I'm, I'm sure he should be very proud of, of the way that he's played. Yeah, life lessons there for the kid. Great player, great to watch. But that's it for his game. And it's, that's it for us as well at Australian Survivor Talking Tribal. This week, make sure you stick around. Blood versus Water gets even more exciting week by week. Tune in 7.30 p.m. on Channel 10, or you can catch it on 10 Play On Demand as well. And, of course, you can catch us talking all things Survivor on Australian Survivor Talking Tribal straight after Episode 18. Thanks for listening to Australian Survivor Talking Tribal and Network 10 Podcasts.